0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Have you ever had somebody take a chance on you Maybe it was a risk and they saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself and they gave you an opportunity that you weren't quite ready for. And if you're honest with yourself, you didn't really deserve. Maybe it was that coach and he kept you on the team when you weren't really doing that well and you weren't in the top 12. Maybe it was that boss and they gave you an opportunity at that job and you didn't really know what you were doing and they just, they just kept you on and gave you a first job and things wound up working pretty, out pretty well. Or maybe, maybe it was that girl and, and you asked her out on a date and she said no and then you asked her again and she said no and again and again and again and what did she say? No, 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 no. But then she finally... You wore her down and she said yes and next thing you know, you end up married to her. There you go. Or maybe you were that person who took the risk and you saw something and you took the risk on somebody and that's what I want to talk to you about. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25 because I believe that God takes a risk, I believe that God takes chances, I believe that God gives us opportunities for our time and our talents and our treasure and our testimony that we didn't necessarily earn and we don't really deserve, but he works through us and he does what we can't to accomplish his purposes, his goals, for us and for his kingdom. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. That's what I wanna talk to you about. And we got a parable, we're in a series, it's the second week, It's called Kingdom Builders. I wanna welcome all those in the house. Come on, give yourself a round of applause. And then I wanna welcome all those online. Thanks so much for joining and tuning in to be with us today. Two parables, the first one was last week in Matthew chapter 25, it focused on time. This one, we're gonna start in verse 14 and we're gonna talk about talents. I wanna talk to you about using your talents and leveraging them, not for your good, but God's good, not for your glory, for his glory. So let me jump in. Are you ready? Verse 14, it says this, Jesus's words, red letter, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two and another one, to each according to his ability, underline that last phrase. Then he went away. And he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them, and he who had received the five came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here you go. I gave five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, so I'm going to do this, man. I'm going to set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also said, the person who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered me two. Here I've made two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I, 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 don't know, I, I knew you to be a hard man, uh, reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you scatter no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what's yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You, you knew what I reap and I, I have not sowed and gather where I scatter no seed? Then, man, you ought to have at least invested my money with the bankers at my coming, and I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will be, have more of an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, help us to understand the complexity of this story as it relates to us in our lives here and now and for eternity in the kingdom of heaven. I ask that you'd help me to explain it in a way that would be helpful to those that are hearing. And Father, for those of us who have been here before, I pray you just give us new wisdom and new revelation as we think about how this applies to each of us today. If you agree with that prayer, simply say Amen. message in one sentence we're calling it the silver bullet we'll put it on the screen when I leverage my talents as a kingdom builder I recognize opportunities I see God-given opportunities and so I do something I respond in faith because I know that maximized opportunities are rewarded and missed opportunities are lost that's the parable that's what it means That's one sentence to describe what Jesus is saying. So let's take each phrase at a time, and we'll start with this, I recognize opportunities. I've got to have a different mindset, a different perspective. I need to see differently as a kingdom builder. And so I don't see the same as everyone else. I see opportunity. Take a look with me, let's define the elements. So in verse one, it says, for it will be like a man. The it here, it's referring to all the way back, if you look in your Bibles to verse 1, it's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what we're building together with our time, with our talents, with our treasure, with our testimony. I mentioned this last week already, but Jesus uses it 32 times, kingdom of heaven, in this Matthew's gospel alone. It's mentioned over 50 times in the New Testament. That's what God is building, and it lasts for eternity. That's the it. But it will be like a man. So I capitalize the man because I want to make it easy for us. So who's the man? Hint, it's a Sunday school answer. Jesus is. Why did we not understand that? (laughs) Were we afraid to say it? Jesus is the man. I like the ring of that. He is the man. He is God in the flesh. That's who Jesus is. And so He goes on a journey and that's the difference between the first and the second coming. First coming, Christmas, second coming, coming soon. That's what we're to live like. And so we're actually living between, it's interesting to think of it this way, that we're living in between verses 15 and 16 where it says that he went away. That's the time period right now. We're living right there. And then it says what? He called his servants. Who are his servants? Well, point to your neighbor and say, that's you. And then point back to yourself and say, it's me too, because that's exactly who the servants are. It's you and me. And we've been entrusted. I want to double click on this word because it's fascinating. It literally means in its original language that if you were to hold out your palms like this, it means to place into the hand of. So God has placed opportunity into your hands. God has placed opportunity into my hands. Here, the opportunity is specifically talked about as talents, and so a talent in this story, you could look at your study Bible and see this, it represented, some would say that it was, one talent was equal to 20 years of labor. So it's very valuable the original Greek word that's being used here, it literally means silver, so it was a silver talent. And so it would weigh anywhere between 60 to 80 pounds, so it was a heavy thing that God was putting into the palm of your hand. I like to think about it, and we've taught it like this before, it's an opportunity. And so an opportunity is the convergence of two things. It's the convergence of a need that I see and that I recognize. And it's a convergence of the ability to meet that need. So I see a need, I have the ability to meet the need. Those two things come together and that is an opportunity. God gives us opportunities. He places them in the palm of our hands. Message, getting to the end already. What are we gonna do with them? But he gives one person five? another person two, and he gives one person one. Now, I asked you to underline that statement because why does he do that? He doesn't give equally, he gives fairly. It's very important to understand this. So why? Because he gives each according to his or her ability. So it's not that you got slighted, he gives equally, he doesn't necessarily He gives fairly, but not necessarily equally. Are we understanding that? I almost messed that up. And so it's really important because what happens is, let's just say that I'm going to give, we'll we'll have some fun with the people in the front. Let me say that I'm going to give you $20. That's legit, those online. Just handing out money at church today, worth it to come. especially in the second row. If you'd have sat in the first row, I'd give you more. She gets a 20. And then over here, the person sitting next to you, I'll get to yours. I'm gonna give him a 50. So go ahead, use that for kingdom purposes. Maybe take her out and have a good time. And then for you, because I gave a 20, I gave a 50, well, of course, I'm gonna give you a 10. Now, how does he feel after seeing 20 and 50 and where's my 100, what's going on here? (laughs) Cheap pastor. Isn't it true that that's the complexity and the game that we play of comparison? When we look at what you have and what you got and we say to ourselves, well, well, how come I didn't get that? And, And we play this game of comparison. Is it a sin? Well, James chapter four says, He or she that knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for he or she, it is sin. So it could be. But I like what Mark Twain said. He said that comparison, what comparison does, it steals our joy. It takes away our joy. Comparison takes our joy away. And it wasn't until you were happy with what you got until you see what somebody else gets. And so, in order to make you feel better, I'm gonna give you a five, and I'm gonna give you a five. Now you feel better about your 10. Let's give them a round of applause. God gives according to our ability what he sees in us and what we can do with it. As I'm giving away money, trusting that they're going to multiply it for kingdom purposes, the point of the story isn't what you get, it's what you end up with. And they multiply. Next phrase. So I recognize God-given opportunity and I respond in faith. So I'm going to do something with the opportunity that I've been given. I'm not going to let it sit. And so let's look at the text. And you know this, but I'll belabor it. The guy who got five got five more because he, he what did he do? He, the text says he gambled it away. He went to, took the money and went to the casino, the river, but no, it doesn't say that. He didn't go to the riverboat up at Joliet. He, he wanted, what, he traded it and he maximized it. We don't know exactly how, but he multiplied it. And then the guy who got the two, he multiplied it into two more. And, and then the guy who didn't step out in faith, what did he do? He just got a shovel and he buried it and he put it in the ground. And, and so we need to step out in faith. God wants us to take what he's given to us, the opportunity that is placed in our hands, that we would take a risk. And as I stand on this stage, it's a good opportunity for me. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to step out. And if I don't have God right there to catch me, then, then I'm going to go down. Faith risks Keep your finger in Matthew chapter 25 for a moment and turn back to one of my favorite stories in Matthew chapter 14. And as you turn back or you skip back in your app, Matthew 14, I'm gonna look at verse 22. Jesus, he tells the disciples to get in a boat and maybe you know the story and, and then he leaves them and in the middle of the night, he comes back, but he doesn't come back in a boat, he comes back walking on the sea, and they're fearful because they think it's a ghost. Now, obviously, they didn't think it was Casper the Friendly Ghost, or they wouldn't be afraid. Are you too young to understand that joke? <laughs> and so somebody said yes. <laughs> and and so, so they're all fearful, and then all of a sudden, what happens? That, that Jesus is like, no, it's me, it's, it's I, and he calms their fear. And then I love this because focus your attention on verse 28 and Peter answered him with a faith risk and he said, Lord, if it is you, better translation actually if you do your research on this, since it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so I want you to see that in the text and then in verse 29, Jesus says, come. So Peter took, he, he got out of the boat, he put his feet on the water and then we Christians, we jump down to verse 30 immediately. Please guard yourself from it. Yeah, but what he did is he got his eyes off Jesus and, and then he sank. <laughs> I, I know, but can we just not skip to verse 30 and read verse 29, please? The, the, the middle of it. It says that Peter walked on water. Peter experienced the miraculous because he took a faith risk. Yeah, I'm telling you, his feet got wet and he did go down, but he walked on water. He experienced the miraculous of Jesus. That's the beauty of a faith rest, that we experience something supernatural, something unknown, something beyond our power, something beyond our ability. I can't meet that need. I can't help that person. I don't know how. Jesus does through you. And we can walk on water. And then I love it. Let's keep in the text. That's why I asked you to turn there because we're a Bible church, I guess. That's why. But look at verse 31. When he began to sink, it says Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. So when you're going down in the midst of your faith risk, I'm just telling you, man, Jesus is there to pull you up. I don't think you guys heard me. When you take a risk, yeah, let's praise him. When you take a faith risk, man, he pulls you up. And you will get wet. And you will sometimes face adversity. But look at the end of the story. It says in verse 33, and those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. I believe, I'm telling you with all my heart, that there was 12 guys in that boat worshiping, and they were worshiping, yes, amen, Lord, we love you, yes. And there was one guy going, yeah! And he was the one who, he wasn't a boat hugger. He was a water walker. Because he did something with an opportunity that God placed before him. Now, I don't know what his motivations were, But he experienced the miraculous that day. He experienced a touch from Jesus. And that's what I want for each of us. You know, as I reflect, and I'm in an age of reflection, I guess, and I think about when we first started the church in a high school in Glenbard South, not too far from here in Glen Ellen. And I remember there was a couple refugee families that came to us that we got partnered with And I can tell you the names of the families who opened up their doors and they came into their homes and they lived with them and they helped them get settled. And it was a huge faith rip. It was an unbelievable thing. Well, 20 years later, 21 to be exact, do you know we have a ministry to refugees over at our Wheaton facility that it's right next to a place where we provide after-school care for refugee kids and their families and that we do that a camp that God multiplied that opportunity of two families over 20 years. Now we're ministering to, I don't know how many kids. I remember it was like second or third year in a church. And there was a guy who we came alongside and he had just gotten out of prison. We actually, when we got into this building, we gave him a job and he, we helped him and we helped him get back on his feet after being in prison for quite some time people reached out to him, people mentored him, one guy turned into two guys. Do you know, I don't think it's by accident that now we have, we've actually got a campus inside Stateville Prison that's ministering to hundreds. Can we say amen? Amen. I don't think it's by random circumstance that, that that one opportunity that we saw, and one opportunity that God used, that he maximized and gave greater opportunity, that's the point of the story. I don't think it's by accident that, I don't know, I'm thinking back in 2015 when we got a call from a church in North Aurora, and they had a building, and they had no people, and they had no pastor, and they said, can you breathe new life into us? And we're like, I don't know how to do this. We don't know what we're doing. We're not sure, but yeah. <laughs> we took a faith risk. And, and can I tell you that I used to drive back and forth and I did that for four years and I would preach at their service and then come back here. And do you know now that that's a thriving location with a pastor and uh, shepherding elders? I mean, it's an unbelievable situation. 2015, took a faith risk, and now we have seven locations that are ministering to the areas that God has placed? Do you think it's by accident that he is faithful with the little, is, is granted much? I'm not sharing these stories to do anything for our recognition or for our gain or for our fame. It's all about Jesus. That was the point where you're supposed to say, yes. It's all about him, but we as a church are modeling, this is the most important sentence, we're modeling faith risks to you so that you would take them in your individual life. And maybe the faith risk is that you would forgive that person who has hurt you. Maybe the faith risk is that what, you would share your faith this Thanksgiving when you got your family, or it's as simple as, I'm just gonna be the one to pray at the dinner table. I remember what that was like when nobody else does it and you take the faith risk. Don't minimize the faith risk that God is calling. He's calling some of us to quit something, to start something else. He's calling some of us to stop something, to begin something afresh. God is the beginner of new things and a new life and a new heart and change. We've got to take care of them, maximize the opportunity. That's why. And that's what comes next, that, that because why would I do that? Why would I take a faith risk and help that person who's in need? Well, because maximized opportunities are rewarded. This is where the story gets theological. And so let's look at our Bibles and look at verse 19. If you're walking through 90-day theology, we're talking about the end times. Our women are in a study called Everyday Theology, and it's just, it's awesome. It's talking about, there's a section about the last days. Theology, it's important. Here, it says, now after a long time, the master, who's the master again? That's Jesus himself. And and he came back, and he settled accounts with them. This is the day of reckoning. This is the end times. This is when Jesus is coming back, his second advent. And there's going to be a day of accountability. He's going to say, hey, man, what'd you do with the time and the talents and the treasure and that testimony, that awesome testimony? That, what'd you do with all those things? And, and we're going to answer. You say, well, I don't believe you. Well, don't believe me. Write down Romans chapter 10, verse 12. Write down 2 Corinthians chapter Chapter 5, verse 10. That's the theology behind it, that there's going to be a day. It's not condemnation, for there's no condemnation for those in Christ. It's for reward. It's for enjoyment that you're going to experience as a result of the maximized opportunity in this life. That's why this series is so important. I think Christians, sometimes we're just gambling away, thinking, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, hey, I'm saved, cool. Be with Jesus in heaven, yeah. It, it, it's maximizing the opportunity that he's giving. And that's what the story is. And so, not that we're in the what's in it for me, but let me spend some time with what's in it for you. Because that's where the text goes. If the text didn't go there, I wouldn't, but it does. What's in it for you? What are the rewards specifically? I mean, three rewards for Christians who maximize opportunities in this life. First one is this. It's verbal acknowledgement, recognition, and praise. I love this. Hey, man, you know, some of us were looking for a parent or someone else in authority or somebody to say something to us, a boss, or, or, or even your pastor, that I wish they would just recognize what I'm doing and, and give me a word of encouragement. And, God, help us when it doesn't come. But can you put it into perspective that that's coming from your heavenly father? Look at the story. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. And we've reduced that phrase to a card or this and yeah, whatever. I mean, from the lips of almighty God, I can't believe that he would say that to me. I'm not that worthy, man. I'm not that good. I don't have it together like you think I do. And I'm just telling you right now that it's only because of what he's done through me and he's going to look at me and I'm going to hear that voice, the rumbling of the thunder. Well done, good and faithful servant. This past week, one of our elders out in our North Aurora campus that I was just talking about, his name is Markel Rogers. Markel's a good friend, he's been coming to our church for a long time, he was coming here and we sent him out. Markel lost his mom this past week It went through a long battle. Um, Excuse me, her name is Mary. Mary, um, she she, uh, died at 75 and this was a week ago. And the interesting thing about this family is if you're from the area, you might know the Rogers name, specifically in Aurora. Because Moshe Rogers is Markel's oldest brother, and Moshe was a basketball stud at Aurora Central. um, Catholic, I think, yeah. And so so what happened when he was 17 years old, is he was coming home from a game, and Markel's just a little kid sitting next to him in the backseat of the car, and a 16-year-old kid runs out with a gun and thought that there was a gang member in that car. And you can read about this story, it's pretty well known in Aurora, that five shots went into the back of the windshield and one of those shots hit Moshe. Markel was right next to him and he died. And at the funeral, when this 16 year old kid was sentenced to 65 years in prison, for which he's still in, for shooting her son, She went in the back of the court and she started crying while everybody else was cheering. And somebody asked her, why are you crying? And she said, because two families lost their sons today. And she forgave him of what he did. I'm telling you right now that Mary Rogers, last week, she heard, well done, good and faithful servant she heard well done from the lips of jesus and as she's reunited with moshe well done second reward is this good stuff today it's additional opportunity responsibility and authority and so the text says, you've been given a little, and I, I tried to model this. Remember the phrase is, we're just doing, we're making some mistakes, we're paying some stupid tax. we're taking steps of faith, so that what? So that you will do it. And, and then he'll set you over more. So it isn't about the fact that you got the 10, which I was very happy to give you 10. I'm sorry about the five. But what it's about is that whatever I get, if I use it for his purposes and and my heart's in the right place, that he's gonna give you more opportunity. And that's what we see in the text and that's what I want you to experience in your life. How many people would be bold enough in this section to say I've experienced a little bit of that? He's done some things, it's awesome. Thanks for modeling that for the rest of these guys. I hope they learn. And, And the third thing, it gets better. Enter eternal security and everlasting happiness and assurance of salvation. Enter into the joy of your master. There's an eternal reward and perspective as we take heavenly risks, faith risks for God. I mean, it's an unbelievable thing that these are the rewards that we will experience and they're right here in this story. But what happens if we say, Ah, this message isn't important in the series. You know what, the talent one, I'm pretty much out of here. I, I don't care. As a matter of fact, I'm not really interested in any of these T's, the talent, the treasure. Oh, next week's about treasure. That's got to be out money. I'm not coming. Dang, I shouldn't have said that. But, but it, it, what, what if you say to yourself, I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't care. Well. I'm gonna tell you this, that that's the next phrase. Because missed opportunities, if we walk past the opportunities, if we choose not to forgive, if we have such a hard heart that we never respond to any opportunity that comes our way, if we refuse to serve God and share our faith, if we don't take the convergence of my ability and a need and meet them together for kingdom purposes, then missed opportunities are lost. And so why does that happen? And so I wish that this wasn't true for each of us, but it is. Missed opportunities are lost. We're gonna go right to the text to, to see what are the things, why do we miss and lose opportunities? First thing, look right in your Bibles. It's verse 24. Opportunities are lost when we have an inaccurate view of God. And so look at what happened. The guy who got the one He's like, I knew you to be a hard man, God, and I knew that you reap where you didn't sow and you gathered where you had no seed. That's not true. He had an inaccurate view of God. His perception of God was not reality because it didn't line up to who God is in his word. And, And that can happen to us. And maybe you had a father who didn't model what the heavenly father does. Maybe you had an experience with someone in the church or even a pastor who didn't model what the heavenly father, and you have an inaccurate view of him, and and you're angry with God, and you're blaming God. You don't think Mary Rogers ever had a thought in her mind that, why did this happen to my son? But, But she didn't blame God. And so we can have an inaccurate view of a loving and a compassionate and a holy God because we don't have the full picture. Second thing, right in the text, verse 25, he was afraid. And so opportunities are lost when we are afraid to step out in faith. So there's a fear. So there's three things that people are afraid of. And the number one thing, which is mind-boggling to me, is that people are afraid of the number one thing. you know what surveys say? Public Public speaking. You said it. So you're more afraid of stepping on this stage and saying something with a mic than dying. That's what people think, they're afraid. But the other two are fear of man, fear of failure. So fear of man, what are you gonna think if I mess up? Fear of failure, what is, what's gonna happen to me if I take this faith risk that I feel like God is pushing me to, that I leave my job, that I change careers, that I go back to get my education, if I take that faith risk that I come alongside my neighbor who's in need and help them, what's somebody else going to think? And what if I mess up? What if I don't know how to do it? Well, I already said we're going to get wet when we take some faith risks, but you're going to experience some miraculous because Jesus is going to pull you up. And so we shouldn't be afraid to step out in faith because it's an opportunity for God to show himself strong. Next thing is this, opportunities are lost when we're stagnant in our faith. Don't you love that this comes right out of the Bible? Do you see it in verse 26 and 27? The master's like, hey, you know what? You should have at least Invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I, 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 I should have got to leave some interest. So, so we can become stagnant and do nothing, and that's what the guy did when he buried the money. And so, some of us are burying some of our opportunity that God wants to reap an investment for the kingdom and reap an investment in your life for your faith. I believe with all my heart that everything that God calls us to, whether it's giving money, whether it's giving our gifts, whether it's giving our abilities, whether it's sharing our faith, whatever, it's all about a faith risk. And, and it's a it, God will prove himself faithful. It, that's the maturity. And, and so the last one is this. This is the one warning, warning, danger, danger. Opportunities are lost when we think we're saved by works and not by faith. And so that's where the text goes the guy with the one it wasn't a good situation because he not only had an inaccurate view of God it was so inaccurate that he got Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 through 10 for as by grace you've been saved through faith not as a result of works it's a gift of God do you know what verse 10 says because God's prepared some good works beforehand that he wants you to walk in do we know that verse it's really good for i've been saved by faith by grace through faith is verses 8 and 9. It's not about what I do, it's about what's been done. Verse 10 is about the works that God does that we walk through once we're saved. This guy got verse 10 before verses 8 and 9. Are you getting the picture? He was trying to work and earn favor or do something. He had an inaccurate view. He wasn't saved. That's the difficult part of the text. It says weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's... That's a picture of H-E double hockey sticks. That's a picture of eternal damnation. That's that's what's happening. And and so I don't want that to be true of you, that, that it's not about what you do for Jesus and building his kingdom. And some people have that misunderstanding, probably even here in the room or online. It's about the grace that he wants to show through you so that we receive him and we're able to Have him work through us so that when we take these faith risks, we have the strength to do the job he's calling us to do because he works through us and in us. That's the gospel. That's Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Good verses for us to have in our arsenal. So I'm going to do this. I want to end with all the application coming right now. Invite Todd and the worship team back up to be with us and lead us. And so as they're coming, I wanna go through these opportunities because I'm trusting that you're going to be, you're wanting to be a kingdom builder, but here's how to maximize the opportunities that God gives. So the first thing is, I need to receive God's grace. Just went through this. But John chapter 1, verse 12, favorite verse of mine, for as many as received him, Jesus, and believed in his name, to them he gives the right to become children of God. Don't try to go do something for God before you've what? He's done something in you. And so that's, we got to receive God's grace. Second, we've been talking about this. we got to recognize opportunities. And we want to recognize God-given opportunities, that, that man, God's, God's calling me to do something that's sounds kind of crazy and 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 he's asking me to step out in faith and we don't have to turn there but first corinthians 16 we were in that uh we were studied these verses in our last series and it talks about wide open doors of effective service and that god's opening a door and that will you have the boldness to walk through i'm thankful for Todd, Pastor Todd, here, there's an open door in our ministry and he's walking through to help fulfill a need. And Can we praise God for the worship that we experience today? So, so again, we're modeling something. What's God opening up for you? That, that I need to take a step of faith. And then this is the important thing. It's really important that I've got to request. It was so important I forgot what it was. I got to request God's guidance. But isn't it true that sometimes we forget? And there's an opportunity. And I'm not telling you today to run out of here and meet every need. But what need are you meeting? And what is God laying on your heart? And what are you bearing that you need to to invest? Is it a gift? Is it an opportunity? What exactly is it? Because we got to ask God. James chapter one says that if you need wisdom on what to do, to ask, and he will give generously to all he, he, without reproach. So, we got to do more time in prayer and requesting and asking him. And so, in a moment, we're going to be led in worship, and I'm going to ask that you would s- remain seated. And I want you to think about backswing thought in the message is what opportunity has God opened for me? What step of faith is he asking me to make? What am I been bearing that I need to get out and I need to invest so that I can be pleased because he's pleased with me, because Jesus is who he says he is, and he'll do the job that I can. And I want you as you, this song's gonna be sung over you to to think about what step you need to take, whether it's receiving God's grace Or recognizing an opportunity. Maybe that you finally realized it. And during this month. nope, that's an opportunity from God that I can't ignore. And you're going to, in your seat right now, you're going to be, I'm going to request God's guidance. And and then when you hear from him, you're going to stand. And it's going to be a symbol for all of us. that that We're we're taking the steps, the best ones that we know how, to to live by grace. And to accomplish his work. For the beginning of his kingdom. Because number four is this, that we would respond in faith. And you're declaring when you stand to your feet that, you know what, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I don't know if I can do this, but by faith that's how I walk, not by sight. And and if he's calling me to do this or that, I'm going to respond in faith and trust him. And then lastly, that you're going to rely on. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And in you, he wants to bear much fruit. That's a result of the work that he wants to do. And then it says, for apart from, he says, me, you can do nothing. Because he wants to achieve the things that you can So I've said enough. The psalmist says, once God spoke, and twice I heard him. I love that because what it's saying is God says something and we're trusting that he's going to say something to you. And it's going to be echoing in your head. And even as you bow your heads now and you hear from God, how is he calling you to respond?